my daughter, Ella Plum Roland. That's right. And this is Superman's Other Pal, a podcast where we discuss the Silver Age comic book, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen. That's right. And this week, week. Sure. This episode was going to be focusing on issue number 10. 10! Uh, and we will start uh, right now with the cover, as we always do. And so we see Superman flying in and... A gorilla. A gorilla and Jimmy Olsen. Swinging from a vine. Saying, yai think it's yeah and it's and uh there's an, in, an inset panel that says featuring jungle jimmy olsen and another little inset kind of extra how to, how predict. to predict the weather well well that's both of these things are to be revealed i guess they ran out of pretzels i don't know but um yeah so this has a um a, a, it's uh you know basically like a tarzan kind of thing with uh a gorilla and uh, every time I see jungle scene things in the fifties. All the um, all my racist alarms go off. What? Oh, it's because this whole like noble savage thing. Oh yeah. Of like you know the nineteenth century of like you know man we have to like be king of the jungle and Tarzan lived among the apes and the apes are actually a metaphor for Africans. Yeah, that's not good. A white guy still. That's super bad. A white guy still managed to be the ruler of them all. That's super duper bad. Not only a white guy, a white aristocrat. Yeah, that's not good in the okay, least. So, um, you know, so uh, my, my 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 racist hackles have been raised. Oh dear. Um, but um, and you know, we will see how far it goes as we pr- proceed into this uh issue. But onto the first page is another art scholarship. Yeah, another art scholarship with a new lady to draw. Yeah. Uh, Similar to the first one. They don't say her name. No, never. And then you say, uh, draw draw me, try for a free two-year art scholarship with $335. Sure. And what have you got to lose? You just have to mail the... F- have you ever tried to draw that lady? No. I'm bad at people. You're bad at people? Or I'm bad, bad at, at drawing people? people. Both. And dad. <laughs> really. Very mature. Um, so, uh, so we have, uh, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It's a person. It's a squiggly line. Right, I can't read who it is. It's two very loopy squiggly lines. It's um, very artistic. Pretty sure his name ends in either a Y or a G. W.J. Literary Committee? I don't know. Weird that they just, that they won't say who he is. Who he actually is. But it is from the, uh, A famous guy in front of a, um. Art Instruction Incorporated. Dad, give up. You're not going to be able to read that. Yeah, I'm going to have to find out who this guy is. <laughs> At some point in time in the very near future, in a future episode, I will have done some research on Mr. W.J. But moving on. Next. So uh, so basically, it's uh, you draw the lady, you send in the coupons. You get a free art scholarship. Well, you might. You, you might. might you might be terrible at art. The suspense is killing. You might be terrible at art. I don't think I am, though. I don't know. I can't say. I can. Well, I can say that you're. But are you good enough to go to Art Instruction Incorporated? I don't know. Let's get in the time machine, go back to the fifties, and see. In Minneapolis, and as we all know, Minneapolis is a great center of art. It is public radio. Sure, public radio. All right. Minnesota gave us uh, 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 Garrison Keillor. Garrison. That sounds familiar. I'm not going to get Garrison. <laughs> that will also will get left if I start talking about my real feelings about Garrison. All right, which brings us to our first story. 
good transition from like art to something you refuse to talk about to first story. That makes no sense, but okay. This podcast doesn't have to make sense. It's not linear. Most podcasts make some form of sense. Not, not really. Okay, so um, do, you, do you want to read the, or do you want me to read it? Are you going to do the super lengthy introduction? Maybe I'll read it. Yeah, you read it. You just want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. Here's my dad reading the introduction to the first Jimmy Olsen story. Yes. I'm preparing <laughs> the text. I am preparing my voice. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Let her yell a little bit. Let her yell a little bit. She's still seashell by the seashore. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Wait, why did it turn from <laughs> she sells seashells by the seashore, seashore to Sally sells seashells by the seashore? Because that's what little kids are saying these days. I'm like, no, it's supposed to be hard. Well, it's just she. Saying Sally makes it easier, though. How about Shelly? Shelly sells seashells by the seashore. The six sheeps. The six sheeps. Six sheep is six. I didn't even understand what you just said, but the sixth sheeps. Six. No, no. The six sheeps. What's a sheik? Sheep. Sheep. Is sick. All right, let's just do that the thing. That is the, uh, the world's toughest, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, at least the one I read when I was a child. It was the toughest tongue twister. I'm going to figure out how to say it. All right, Jimmy Olsen, first story. If you were a short wave radio ham calling friends around the world, if you were a short wave radio ham, in quotes, calling around the world, how would you like to contact another world? Well, Jimmy Olsen has that fantastic thrill one day when a voice answers from outer space. Amazing events then unfold for Superman's pal as all Metropolis hears of Jimmy Olsen's Martian pal. And of course the first panel, which has very little to do with the actual story itself, we see Jimmy talking with Superman, and Superman using his super artistic ability. Sure. Uh, he is super everything else. So, my Martian pal, describe himself to you. Let me see the drawing you made of the, of him, Superman. And Superman's looking a little shocked. Uh, you, you'd better brace yourself, Jimmy. Now, don't we all know what's on Mars at this point? Um, Hasn't the Martian Manhunter been, been introduced as a character? I don't know. All right. This might be pre-Martian Manhunter. Could be. All right. It is spare time lately. Jimmy Olsen has taken up a thrilling new hobby. So, um, do you know about ham radios? I know that I saw it once in a movie in science. Oh, you don't know what? I know they say CQ at the beginning. Thing. You're supposed to see how far you go, but I have no idea what it is. So, um, yeah, shortwave radios are is a thing. It used to be more of a thing because now you know we have the internet and we can send mails and messages across the universe. And even now with uh, with the skyping, am I boring you? No, I'm just tired. Um, you know, with the skyping and the and we can sort of do things that uh, replace the ham radio. And I think for the most part, actually, a lot of ham radio stuff is is it's hard to find. So, um, and it's a way that people would contact people across the um, world. The world. Okay. And now it seems to be used a lot by um, fringe groups who want to communicate. Like there was a very famous shortwave radio host named um, Mike from Michigan, who was a big white supremacist guy. Let's just read the story. All right. So he's uh, he's talking to people here and there. Mm-hmm. He's talking to uh, India. Yeah, India, Bombay. Yeah, and uh, he calls himself a ham. 
and uh, he, he he does get one signal, and then he says, oh, hello, uh, this is Mars calling. And Jimmy, of course, is uh, he's out of his mind. He's like, what? That's crazy. You can't be a, a Martian. He's like, how can you speak our language? And uh, he, it, and the, the Martian says, you know, I've, we've been monitoring your transmissions, and we've picked up... Uh, well, that's not creepy at all. No. Um, and so, uh, you know, we... We've translated your language into our language, right. and, and so he now... he identifies himself as uh, Kim Zot. Nope. Kim Zot of Mars. And he looks and he's like, oh, look, the signals are coming straight from Mars. Um, so he describes himself... And Jimmy thinks about what's going on. And uh, it's got weird green bald head with long arms. And giant green... ears. Right. Three fingers on each hand. It's ten feet tall. Yep. And, and, he's, and uh, of course, the Martian says, Ha ha, pardon my laughter, but do you hermit humans really look that strange? He's, he's turning his back on them. So, um, and then Jimmy thinks, what a queer creature. Ha ha. Dad! That was not the word that was used at the time. Yes, it is. In the 1950s? That was one of the words. Oh, there are a lot. There are a lot of worse words, but sure. Although queer, it does, and it still does have multiple. Back then, the meaning was odd. Yes, and gay was happy. All right, so, um, so we. They uh, uh, they think we're funny? I guess that's only natural. I'll ask more questions about Mars now. They've got pets that have mustached dinosaurs. Right. Their pets are mustached dinosaurs. Right. That have E.T. faces. And uh, and it's called a Griswok. Sure. Sure it is. Sure. Um, And he talks about uh, the, uh, you know, how the, what is it? it The moons in the sky. Phobos and Dienis. So double, there are double shadows at night. Yeah. And they say Mars gravity is only three-fifths of that of Earth. So they're happy to perform amazingly. It's two. Two-fifths? Yeah, it says so. Okay, two-fifths. Although, if they were raised on Mars, wouldn't they just not be like regular strength? Anyway, so um, and they're like, hey, you know, so he can't believe that he's talking to Mars. And he says, you know, he's like, hey, I got this, uh, this telescope. He's like, now how can you prove to... Uh, you're talking from Mars, and he and the, the Martian tells him that there's going to be a volcano erupting outside of Metropolis in approximately one hour. Right? Did we ever know that there was a no. volcano outside of Metropolis? It's probably never going to show up again. Probably but not. there's a Metropolis volcano, people. You heard it here first. But, uh, so uh, Jimmy sends out this, the the warning signal, and Superman shows up, and um, Kim Zot signs off, and. Um, they go to the volcano. Just to see what would happen. And... Kablowie. Kablowie. Kaboom. <laughs> Superman, of course, uh, he plugs up the volcano. With a giant rock. With a giant rock. That was just sitting around. Well, you know, also, it really wouldn't help. It would probably... Just build up the pressure even more for exactly. a larger and eruption. Even larger eruption. But, you know. But he used This his, is comic book land. But he used his super geological abilities. And so uh, he's bringing... He has super everything else. Why has, not So uh, Superman is, is flying back, and he's like, Wow, Kim Zod has proved himself a genuine Martian. Sure. And then, poor Jimmy, your heart would break if you could look into the hideout of the genuine Martian alias... Sparks Mark Sloan. Sloan. Once again... Alliteration evil. Alliteration. So it is an evil guy, and he's like, Ah, the, what up? 
what hooey! So, um, so then he sees that uh, he's uh, that they're you know that they're playing a prank a prank on him. We find out that he's playing a tra- prank on him. And then planted dynamite at the bottom of a volcano, right, to prove it, right, that it was a hoax because he just planted a bunch of uh, dynamite at the bottom of the volcano to make it erupt. And so they want to know, which is really dangerous and stupid. Now they want to know, they, and then the next day they read in the Daily Planet that the Astronomy Society offers a fifty thousand dollar prize to solve the mystery of the canals of Mars. There are canals on. Uh, it was once believed. That there were canals on Mars. there were canals on Mars, because if you looked... There were lines. There were these big lines. I believe it was later, it is now basically, like, we don't don't really believe that there are canals on Mars. It's something else. There might be kin. I forget what. Maybe it's just, like, dark streaks of rock. Uh, Okay, now I'm going to have to... While this happens, should I move the story along? Uh, Yes, please. All right, so Spark Sloan carries out, well, not carries out, Spark Sloan furthers his plan more by once he reads the Daily Planet by saying basically, oh, well, now that everyone knows that Jimmy Olsen has Martian friend, surely that Martian friend gave him an answer to the space question. And so Jimmy also sees the ad in the paper and goes and asks his Martian friend, why are there canals on Mars? To which the Martian responds that a giant comet from outer outer space struck Mars centuries ago. And then the very surface of Mars started cracking apart. Luckily, Mars super scientists built giant chains that crisscross Mars... Um, forming the lines that the earthen see as canals because their telescopes aren't advanced enough yet. So, Jimmy's like, oh, golly, this'll sure get me the prize. And then Spark Sloan knocks on his door, disguises his face, and talks as the Martian. And Jimmy's like, what? And at which point Sloan, um... At which point, Sloan explains his whole plan and says that Jimmy has to answer the con- the question and win the 50-whatever-amount prize. $50,000. Right. Now, um, it is uh, basically that what happened was is somebody saw, when they were looking at it through the t- telescope, they thought they saw canals. And so, because he was an important astronomer... People believed like, him. Oh, canals, canals, totally canals. Canals, canals, canals. Oh, yes, canals. Oh, so, yes, like, what happened with canals. vitamins? Oh, look at the we have canals. There are quarterly. Certainly, there are canals on Mars. Um, so, vitamins. So, vitamins. That's <laughs> what happened with vitamins. That's why they're so popular. Right. Because there's that one guy who took vitamins, and everybody's like, vitamins, of course, vitamins, 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 vitamins. Maybe we should get back to the story. <laughs> right, it's like, uh, bell bottoms. Oh, yes, bell bottoms. Stop. Bell bottoms. for men. Rompers no. For men. No. No. No, 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 no. Although today we do know that, uh, you know, there are no canals on Mars. Long story short. Uh, <laughs> so there's no need for anybody to get $50,000 because they, it's not a thing. But they're going through with the contest anyway because this is the 1950s. Right. and they hadn't proved that yet. So uh, they say it's a network of super chains bringing right. the thing together. The planet. The planet. And um, so what happens is next is, uh, yeah, Sloan breaks in. Uh, Shows the uh, 
flimsy scientific explanation of how he was able to make it sound like he came from Mars and uh, said, you know, okay, now you're going to get this $50,000 and I'm going to take it because I have an alliterative name and therefore I am evil. He doesn't actually say alliterative names. This is just my dad. Right. Well, no. Yes. <laughs> so, um, there is a another voice from Mars. From Mars. Another voice from Mars. And uh, he talks about the canals and, and, and and so Spark Sloan is like, what? What's going on? Uh, uh, hey, hey, uh, let's get the prize. Uh, so he's like, tell me about the canals. And he talks about, you know, what, what it is. And uh, it's lava and it's water. To heat Mars because it's so freezing cold. Right. And he's like, you know. I have a question for you like, now. I have something to tell you. He's like, we found there's this lake. Just above your city of Metropolis that shines like gold where all the other lakes on your earth just are blue. So it must be paved with gold. And so, um... Sloane runs out to find the lake that's paved with gold. Right. And he goes, jumps in the lake, and of course Superman is there to collect him. Uh, because of course we all know that, uh, building on Sloane's, uh, on, uh, is it Spark Sloane? Yes, Spark Sloane's, uh, flimsy scientific excuse for being from Mars. He duplicated that flimsy scientific excuse. Actually, no. Superman actually went out into space. But he, you know, used his uh, super ventriloquism to... <laughs> it wasn't super ventriloquism this time. It was just talking into a radio. So, um, he, so he, he basically fooled them and because they were taken in by their own greed. Basically. And so, uh, you know, so then Jimmy is like, oh, well, uh... And nobody got the, the prize. What are we going to do? Oh, hum. The end. Right. Although, okay, so it has been established that Superman can fly in space, right? Yeah. And he's been to Mars. Yeah. Why does he just fly over there and tell Jimmy what the what is made of? Oh. All right. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a secret. Episode one as issue one in the can. Next, one of my favorites. Toy soldiers. A hundred toy soldiers for one twenty-five. A dollar and twenty-five cents for a hundred toys. This stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. And it comes in its own Footlocker. I used to see this was ad a, all the oh time. Oh my god, it does say Footlocker. I so wish that I, I like. I really wish that I got, but I did. Why? I don't know. I think by the time I was seeing this, the the um, I, I think maybe I knew somebody or at least heard somebody who had gotten them, and that the um, the, the the actual soldiers themselves are were terrible. Okay, so each Footlocker, so each Footlocker. Ooh, is, can I read? Yes, as me kicking this chair like okay. that. Okay, so each Footlocker contains four tanks, four jeeps, four battleships, four cruisers, four sailors, four riflemen, four machine gunners, eight sharpshoot. I mean, eight machine gunners, eight sharpshooters, four infantrymen, eight officers, eight waves, eight wax. Four bombers, four trucks, eight jet planes, eight cannon. Doesn't say cannons, just cannon. Eight cannon, four bazooka men, and four marksmen. Okay, do you know what wax are? No. Women's Army Corps. So girls. Girls, yes, girl soldiers. But, of course, they weren't soldiers. They were wax. Right. I need to punch the 1950s military in the face. And then, of course, the waves were the Navy version of the wax. I need to punch the 1950s military in the face twice. I thought you would love that. I thought you would enjoy that little bit of trivia that they're wax and waves. That, you know, we couldn't just call them. The 1950s is getting punched in the face well, several times. That is actually a holdover from 
World War II, so you know you'd have to go back to the forties. The forties and fifties are getting punched in the face. Okay, so you know, so uh, meanwhile, while uh, Ella Plum is trying to figure out how to time travel, <laughs> and punch uh, an era in the face, entire decade in the face. Uh, we're going to go to our next thing, which is the uh, Buzzy, everybody's favorite high school senior, redheaded bu- Buzzy, asks. Do you know how to be a good babysitter? He asks his girlfriend for advice on babysitting. Because as we all know, um, women make the best babysitters. And boys are incompetent. Right. And uh, he says, you know, just you gotta... So to be a good babysitter, according to Susie, which I'm guessing... The nice blonde girl in the red dress with the perfect... Which I'm guessing is Buzzy's girlfriend? Yes. Uh, She writes it down, and you see in... uh, Cursive. Cursive, like... all it needs is a little hearts over the eyes. It says, I write in cursive. Be reliable and begin by being prompt. Be sure you have full instructions from parents. That's a given. Including safety measures at home. And Buzzy says, oh, you forgot to leave a phone number. And the, the mom is like, oh, right. I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. And reminder, remember, quiet activities are best before bedtime. No roughhousing. So they, they're That's playing, also a given. They're playing check, checkers. Be friendly but firm. And the kid's going, I don't want to go to sleep. But Buzzy goes, but it's time for you to go to sleep now. I'll read you a story. But that's it. You go to bed and respect the privileges the parents give you. So uh, Buzzy is talking on the phone with Susie. Now, this was a time when, you know, we didn't have the cell phones. And teenagers were famous for spending all of their time on the telephone. I'm aware. So, um. So Susie, so uh, uh, Buzzy says, thanks for calling, Susie, but I have to hang up now in case Johnny's mother wants to phone home. And then, uh, Susie, Susie says, ouch, you sure following my rules to the letter? And then the next day, we know that it's the next day because uh, Susie is wearing a different outfit. Although, Buzzy's wearing the exact same outfit. Must not be Friday, Saturday night. Okay, so, um, Buzzy says, hey, everything went great. Thanks to you, Susie. Thanks to you. And, uh, he says, Published as a public service in cooperation with the National Social Welfare Assembly, coordinating organizations for National Health, Welfare, and Recreation Agencies of the U.S. Which brings us to our next story. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Do you, do you want, to read, want me to read this again? That depends on whether it's being a super long production. No, I'm just going to do it. As a cub reporter for the Daily Planet, Jimmy Olsen often tracks down undercover crime cases while wearing clever disguises. One fateful day, Jimmy adopts a disguise much too good for his own good. What do we mean? Well, you'll see what amazing things happen when his own disguise completely fools Jimmy himself, resulting in Jimmy Olsen's forgotten adventure. And in the uh, the inset thing, we see a guy, we see Jimmy in a green suit wearing glasses saying, Gee, I'm glad you came, Superman. I'm Dick Hunter, elevator boy. Was that a new superhero? Yes. Oh, okay. I wonder what his superpowers are. So He um, can push the buttons on an elevator. No, no, I bet he has to, he has to activate that, like, hand crank thing. Um, so, and Superman is saying, is Jimmy joking? He doesn't know that he's Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter. And he's punching a picture of Superman on a chalkboard right. while knocking over a bunch of old-fashioned school desks. There's so many. Do they always have to tack on cub reporter? Yes. So, okay, so we find out that um, Jimmy Olsen, of course, as we all know, 
time and time again that Jimmy Olsen is a master of disguise. He decides to go undercover to investigate something that he saw in the building the other day, which was incredibly suspicious, which was known members of criminal gangs going into um, a seemingly unassuming classroom and then not coming out for several, not classroom, just room, and then not coming out for several hours. So he decides to disguise himself as Dick Hunter, elevator boy, to try to see what's going on. Now, first of all, what is the name of the building he's trying to infiltrate? Um, the Briggs Building. I don't get it. Alliterative name. Evil. It must be an evil building. Or these people were just too bored to come up with decent names. Hey, and there's who does he a lizard. See go in? Who does he who see? Who does he see go in? Loot Logan, ex-con. Are you sure he's an ex-con? Uh, apparently, that means ex-convict, meaning he's been convicted and he's served his time, and now he's out of the joint. Oh. And so he was like, so he's dressed up as um as as uh, as Dick Hunter, elevator boy, uh, and sees people go into a music classroom, and he's trying to get in. He's like, he's like, what I'll do is I'll figure out what's going on, and then I'll signal Superman, and that'll be that. But a conveniently placed pile of bricks falls on his head from several ways up. Right. And instead of killing him, it simply knocks him out for a moment and gives him amnesia. Now this. Because that would totally happen in this, real life. Yes. This is part of the, uh, the Jimmy Olsen epidemic that always happens in so many TV shows and, uh, uh, you know, like comedies. I know someone who once got it. Who? Avery. Don't use their name. Mm. So he's like, so he wakes up and he's like, Just cut am, that out. Who am I? He's like, I don't, who am I? I don't know who I am. Wait, I see an identification card. My name is Dick Hunter, elevator operator for the Briggs building. Whew, that helps. So he, I, he doesn't know that he's Jimmy Olsen. He just assumes, like any normal person would, that the identification in his pocket is legitimate. Well, he dyes his hair black, and he puts on glasses, and he's wearing an elevator operator's uniform. And I have to say that the, uh, the, the disguise is very convincing, although, you know, it is drawn by an artist, so an artist could just make it look completely different. So, um, he walks by, and he walks right by... A, a whole bunch of criminals. Well, he, first he also walks by a poster of Jimmy Olsen, and, uh, he says to himself, Gosh, I wish I were in Jimmy Olsen's shoes, with a swell job and all. Me, I'm just an elevator boy. Oh, God. Just no. And, and so he sees Superman flying by, and he's like, Woo! There goes Superman! Woo! I wish I were his pal, like Jimmy Olsen was. So he goes into the Briggs building, and, uh, and, and he says, he's just, he's just like, going in there, and he sees all these criminals, but he doesn't identify them as criminals. He just sees them as people. Nope. And he's like, oh my, my mind is fuzzy. If I don't get my full, if I don't get my full memory back by tonight, I'll see a doctor. I think what you're supposed to do when you have amnesia is go to a doctor immediately. Well, ladies and gentlemen, fans, other, other pals, other, other pals of the Superman, of Superman's other pals, if you are ever struck in the head by a brick, go to a doctor for crying out loud. Yeah. Don't wait until that evening. No, go immediately. Now, you need know, medical attention. It doesn't I, matter if it hurts or not. Get help. It's know, a brick. I do understand that, you know, you will be struck with amnesia, so you won't remember this. But go see a doctor anyway. And if you see someone being struck in the head with a brick. Get help for them. Call 911. Exactly. Tell someone. Start screaming at the top of your lungs. Help, this man has been hit in the head by a brick. Exactly. So, um... 
Newt Logan walks away and uh, he drops something and and so uh, Dick Hunter, elevator boy, picks up the piece and sees that it's wow, what a strange music advertisement. I'd better return to the music studio and it's called Avoid Sing Sing in quotes. Trouble with Meisen, Maestro Mason's technique. You know what Sing Sing is? Uh-huh. Famous uh-huh. prison. Okay. So, uh, so Jimmy knocks on the door, and the guy goes, Go away, kid! Nobody inside except her by appointment! Scram! And, uh, Dick's like, That's, That is unusual! So, he manages to sneak his way in, and he finds out that he is, uh, that, that this, this guy's teaching a course on how to get away from... Superman and the cops. From Superman and the cops by going underground. And, uh, so they, he's, so they're like, you know, you gotta go under a drainage ditch or in the sewer. Here's this map of the sewers in the city. Right, but also, if you're stuck without a map, like, uh, let's see, he's like, always take a miner's helmet with you. And, uh, so, as he's teaching, Dick Hunter, elevator boy, um, jumps into a sample water main, which just happens to be... Well, he's using it to teach a class. He's, uh, he's... Hiding in a in a water main. It's active learning. So okay, so Maestro Mason, alias Sing Sing, Sing Sing Sykes. This is Sing Sing Sykes. Luke Logan, Maestro Mason, Sing Sing Sykes. Alliteration, alliteration, alliteration. Breaks building. All these things are evil. So uh, Sing Sing Sykes tells people to uh, bring a miner's lamp along so you can see in the dark. Or just bring a flashlight. He's like, don't get lost under the mazes under Metropolis. You can follow electrical conduits to this nearest outlet. And then they did a try it with the sample water main right. that well, Jimmy Olsen is hiding. In water mains, you need a compass. In pipelines, listen to the way oil flows. Follow it to the storage tanks. And so they are just as they're about to uh, get into the water main, and Dick Hunter, elevator boy, sees that maybe the jig is up. He comes out the other side, and he is caught. He is caught. And, uh... They take off his glasses. Sing Sing Sykes takes off his glasses. They undye his hair. Yes. Why do they have dye remover? And... Where do you get dye remover? Is that even a thing? No, it's not! It needs to be a thing. No, it's not. Yes, if it were, if it were a thing, oh boy, would we be using it? So he's like, "You're Jimmy Olsen." He's like, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm just playing Dick Hunter." And so he looks out and he's like, "Oh, I guess I am Jimmy Olsen." Wow. Or probably his first thought was, "Why are they handing me this picture of Jimmy Olsen?" So uh, he, they throw him into a room with bars because they happen to have a room with bars. Well, probably an escape room. Right. Well. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a, it's a room. It says, it says advanced, advanced escapes classroom. The earliest version of an escape room. Um, so Jimmy Olsen is stuck there, and he knows that he can summon Superman, but he doesn't know how. And he doesn't remember, but we all remember because they can never stop talking about it, that he has this wristwatch that he Super secret, super secret, super secret, super watch. So that what he does, how he does it, is he takes... He takes chalk from two erasers. He takes a bellows that's just in around. Because you know how we all just have bellows lying around. That is the right word for it, right? Yes. Yay, yes. I knew the right word. So he, he clacks up all the um chalk. The chalk and makes enormous things of chalk dust. In Morse code. And then he used this demonstration bellows. I'm not exactly sure what escape is demonstrating with a bellows or why bellows are really integral to escaping. They just are. But they are. 
And uh, so Superman, because, of course, he's always looking out the window at stuff. When does Clark Kent ever actually work? I don't know. But I guess because he can type super, super, super fast. He can just, like, write a story and go, boop, there you go. Okay. Well, he sees Morse code for SOS Superman. So he busts in, and he foils all the creeps, and he rescues Jimmy. And lets him, like, he sees Jimmy tripping, and instead of going to help him, lets him fall on his head as hard as he can in hopes that the amnesia will go away. But we don't know that it won't just make it worse. Well, yes. That is the stupidest thing you could do. This is another trope that we have, and that is that, you know, the only way to combat head trauma... Is with more head head trauma. trauma. No, this is not true. If someone has head trauma, don't give them more. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. This sets a bad example for children. Other pals. Other, other pals. Other, other pals. If you ever see anybody that is struck in the head with a brick or anything else, <laughs> and they've gotten amnesia... Don't hit them in the head! Right. Go get a doctor! Go back to the calling the doctor thing. Don't <laughs> think that hitting them in the head will make it any better. It won't make it any better. So, uh, but he has no memory of what Dick Hunter did, but he was able to uh, ru- to, to read in the next day in the paper. But he's can't. He says, he can't, can't remember the thing about being Dick Hunter, elevator boy. I don't know. Anyway, so then we had a little ad. So he did get more amnesia. He did. Well, it was reversed. He could only remember, now he can only remember one thing or the other. Still technically amnesia. Not a good thing. So that is the second second story. And the Daisy Gun Book. We see an ad for the Daisy Gun Book where uh, it's a book. That has guns. It has pictures of guns in it. And it wants you, of course, to buy guns. And now they put both the gag strips on the same place. And it is uh, Henry Boltonoff's Little Pete and Shorty. Little Pete is saying, Wow, wasn't it a swell picture? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? It had everything. Fighting, horses, guns. What was wrong? Oh, the picture we saw last week was much better. Last week, they fired 99 shots. In today's picture, I counted only 62. These are like six or seven-year-old boys going to the theater right, alone. The more gun shooting, the, the more gun shooting, the better the movie. Really a standard that is still, around, still around today. today. Yes. And now we have Shorty. Uh, Shorty looks a lot like Little Pete, except with a different hat. And curly hair. Right. And he says, I saw that dog hunting with you. He's a good outdoor dog. You want to sell him? Uh, And the man, the hunter, is, oh, well, I guess I might have to get a good price for him, though. And the little boy, and uh, Shorty says, why? Is he a pedigree dog? And the, the, um, the hunter says, pedigree? Why, if this dog could only talk, he wouldn't speak to either of us. Do you understand what that means? Not really. Yeah. Does that mean he's rich? I think it's supposed to mean that he is, he is well-bred. Yeah, that and, sounds about right. And if you're well-bred, then you're like, you know. Then you don't. You, then you you don't associate with the commoners, which is weird. Okay, so that also then brings us to, okay, do you remember? These are some of the creepiest illustrations I have ever seen. These people don't have eyes. Now we go to the uh, weird feature article that they find necessary to stick into every issue they have to have something educational uh now if you something that isn't hitting people in the head with bricks if you remember earlier it was pretzels of this issue there was a little inset panel that says extra how to predict the weather 
And in this case, uh, so we see a uh, mohawk. This is terrible. Uh, a, a mohawk of first people. I know you first refer to them as first people. Um, a a guy with a pitchfork who has no eyes, and a really really creepy looking uh, sailor who also has no eyes. And this is all about stuff that people do to predict the weather. Like, and um, not like scientific stuff. No, this is like old sayings. Right, this is like old wise tales. But you know, sometimes, you know, those old wise know stuff. Sometimes. Like, um, for instance, they knew that a dry season can be expected when trees in the autumn show a tendency to snap or crack. Um, okay. And then they had this proverb. Another true proverb is when the stars begin to huddle, the earth will soon become a puddle. This refers to the dimming of smaller stars, which appear to huddle in misty clusters around larger ones, and is caused by the same reason that the ring is around the moon. They talk about the, the ring around the moon. And they talk about red sky. Yes. Uh, red, red in morning, shepherd's warning. Red at night, shepherd's delight. So not sailors. Now it's the shepherd. So um, they know. It's an article about all these weird, and once again, nothing to do with Jimmy Olsen. Nothing to do with science, nothing, really. Not really an adventure story. It's just pretzels something that they figured out that they should stick in which brings us to our last story superman pal jimmy olsen do you want me to read it again have you ever heard of <laughs> jungle boy named by wild oh, I'm sorry. my dad's have... insane have you ever heard of that wild exciting legend of a jungle boy raised by wild creatures living like an untamed animal do you believe it before you answer see what superman runs across when he joins his young pal, Jimmy Olsen, on a search for just such a wild boy. And don't be surprised if your quarry turns out to be Jungle Jimmy Olsen. And so we see Jimmy screaming his patented yeah, e, uh, e. E, 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 e. Make way for the wild boy. And Superman is like, great Scott, is that a genuine jungle boy or Jimmy? Did people still say great Scott back then? I don't, I'm not Did sure. people ever actually say great Scott? I'm not sure. I don't know of anyone. And if anyone, if any of the other other pals out there know, or if you in your day-to-day life say great Scott, mm. um, write it on a piece of paper, crumple it up, and throw it away. Dad! Now you're just being rude. So, um, so that's, so, you know, so that's, that's the story. The story is say, my dad's rude. People say Great Scott. Yeah, people say Great Scott. I don't know. It's re- referenced in, um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Which I've never seen. Yes, it's true. You have never seen it. You're too, little too young. Little too young. And you probably wouldn't. Although you probably will. I know it. I know it inside out. I did the play. I was a set designer for the play. I, you know, I, I, I know my way around that. Or, you know, although I'm pretty sure at this point, um, all the callbacks are changed. All right, so they go, and they find that there's a jungle boy in the black jungle. Wherever the heck that is. They are skating around racism so hard. Dad, do you want to smack the 1950s in the face? Sometimes, yes. Right, let's see you try to find a time machine and then punch an entire decade in the face. No. Okay, so they, they decide that they're going to... Um, find a wild... Find jungle a wild boy. boy in the fo- in the fire in the forest to find a jungle boy. No. Let's just get on with the story. So, right. so, that is, that is jungle boy. so, um, so, of course, they're in this jungle, and 
It's just the two of them. Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen. Right, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen. So Clark Kent changes into his Superman uniform, flies around the jungle real quick to try to find a jungle boy. Right, he, uh, he undoes, he has a fedora and an ascot and a safari uniform, and Jimmy's just like... Kind of like a preppy or Indiana Jones. And, uh, and he says, you know, I'm going to go out there. Be careful of those monkeys. Monkeys! Stay on guard. Don't leave your post. Monkeys! And uh, Jimmy's like, I got it covered. And then he falls asleep. And then, but Superman starts to search for that jungle boy. Now, apparently Superman... Is not fast enough to avoid snakes or jaguars. But also, it's he can't fly through the forest in this story. Yeah, because there's too many branches. Probably wants to take his own sweet. Um, so, from what yes. I can tell, Jimmy's kind of a handful to and, watch after. As so, as he's going through the forest, um, he is beset by all manner of beasts. There's this picture where he's being simultaneously attacked by, by a python and a giant cat. A giant cat, and at the bottom, a crocodile, a crocodile is biting his leg. Wow. And throughout all this, Jimmy's asleep and monkeys are destroying his camp. Right. Now, uh, the, so monkeys have gone to work and they're going, eep, 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 eep. You know, I bet monkeys don't actually just destroy anything in sight automatically. Oh, no, no. But they do. They will um, steal stuff. Yes. It, like anything that they think will be food, in fact. But clothes off of people's backs? Well, so apparently. Because that's what they did to Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen also sleeps so hard that the monkeys are able to take off all of his clothes. Except for his underpants. Except for his underpants, conveniently. And uh, so he wakes up and he sees that the monkeys have all his clothes and he can't go, he doesn't go get them. He just decides that he's going to run away. Well, monkeys are dangerous. Monkeys are really dangerous. And they're probably really scary. But also, so they figured out that... Um, they figured out how to wear a shirt. That there, if there's a place, I guess, in Bali? Bali. Like a temple where there are monkeys and the monkeys steal from the um and monkeys steal from the tourists because they realize that if they steal from the tourists the people who are at the temple will give food right. to get the stuff back exactly so they're like they're like a little mafia <laughs> that's not good but it sounds kind of cute it is it's adorable and terrible <laughs> um so you know he's so he runs through the forest and happens to run across a leopard skin that happens to be just hanging around because someone left it to cure right so It'd he still be gross, wouldn't it? Yeah, he ties it around himself in like a circus strongman. He's sort of an asymmetrical off the one shoulder thing. Jimmy Olsen from the Flintstones. Right. So he and of course, what does he do? He starts just swaying on a vine over crocodiles. Well, he look, first, he looks at himself in the water, and uh, as he's looking at himself in the water, he makes like, hey, muscles at himself. I look Pretty good. I make muscles because that's also what people used to do in the fifties. They used to make muscles, and uh, and then a crocodile jumps out of no- nowhere, and then he instinctively. Well, that is how crocodiles work. But he instinctively grabs a vine and starts swinging. And starts swinging, and then he decides to go all jungle boy Tarzani, and he starts like climbing trees and going ay 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 and then swinging across more trees. And then finally falls in the water. He falls in the water and is eaten by a crocodile. No. No. No such luck. But he's uh, you know, he's surrounded with all kinds of ridiculous stuff and, so he's, uh, and he feels really bad. He's like, I can't I am gonna 
So he starts to get back there. Right. But before he does, Clark Kent gets back and sees that the camp has been destroyed. Right. By monkeys. And just then... And Jimmy Olsen is nowhere to be seen. Two other explorers arrive. And they're here looking for the Jungle Boy. And Clark's like, there's no such thing as a Jungle Boy. I just searched the entire... Right. And then they're like, hey, look, what's that? Is that a Jungle Boy? It's Jimmy swinging on a vine with messed up hair. Right. Oh, and he screamed himself hoarse at this point so he can't talk. Right. That is the other thing. He has screamed himself so hoarse that he has the inability to communicate. Now, the thing is, I've been to some pretty loud sports games, and I know people who have blown out their voices almost completely, but they can still whisper most of the time. Yes, it's true. It's such a... And it takes a lot of screaming. And a, a, a bit of duex machina. Hama? Duex machina. Okay. Which means, uh, basically, it's like a thing that does a thing. Okay. It's called machine of God. So in this case, the machine of God is that he has managed to scream himself to the point where he can't communicate anymore. So Clark, of course, realizes right away. This is Jimmy. Right. Says that, but he's, but he's like, I'm going to teach him a lesson for being careless. So uh, he lets the explorers capture him. And throw nets on him and throw him into a throw him into a thing. And by a thing, I mean a cage. And uh, they're like, hey, we're going to put him on exhibit. And Jimmy's like, oh, no, I can't. No, he can't. Wait, wait. He's like, okay, I- I'll take this piece of bark and charcoal. And, and write on and it. And write on it. And then Clark burns the bark. With his x-ray vision. Because he is laser vision, but that would be too conspicuous. Like, okay, now the explorer's like, we're going to have a test that we'll prove it. We'll give him raw meat. Or a hot dog. And cooked him and a hot dog. And if he chooses the one over the other, we'll know that he's a wild boy. And Jimmy reaches for the hot dog, and then Clark switches it at the last second, and Jimmy bites into a piece of raw mystery meat, which, yuck. And then they're like, we're going to give him a can opener. And Jimmy's like, uh, uh, I could totally use a can opener. And uh, Clark makes him drop it. With a little super breath. Why? And they say, why? He's of lower brain capacity than we thought, like an ape boy. Maybe he's the missing link. Right. And they're like, oh no, what the? And Jimmy's <laughs> like, get the freaking crap! God dang it! And uh, so. And then a stampede of water buffalo conveniently comes around. Absolutely. And? They shove the jungle boy in front of the stampede of water buffalo. Because, of course. He can handle it. He knows what to do. He is a jungle boy. But. Superman, Clark Kent disguised as Superman. Hugs a tree. Looking, hugs a tree. <laughs> because as we all know, whenever you see buffalo charging, hug a tree. You hug a tree. <laughs> this is a terrible lesson for children. But he says super squeezing will make like liquid latex squirt out of this wild rubber tree. And I'll aim it That's not how rubber works. Not even close. It's ridiculous. Except when you are auto bender. So Jimmy Being Jimmy. Being Jimmy. Uh jumps on the lead bull. And decides to steer it away from camp. Right, steals it away from camp, and then they he jumps out into a pool and then realize and then they all realize, hey It's Jimmy Olsen. It's Jimmy Olsen. His hair isn't messed up anymore, so it must be Right. And uh, so they, they're like, Alright, so Jim and Clark's like, Well, I guess you've learned your lesson. I guess you got your voice back. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, How is... I'm sorry, Clark. No, no, that man let you be put in front of a, a stampede of water buffalo. You do not say I'm sorry. He apologizes to Clark you. Clark says, Jimmy not only learned his lesson, but took his medicine like a man. And you still don't have to forgive him. I'm 
proud of him. He made you eat raw mystery meat. Well, he didn't know that he's Superman. He thinks it's Clark Kent. He made you eat raw mystery and meat then, and then let you get shoved in front of a stampede of water buffalo. This is not something you should forgive, would you? I don't know if he's doing it to me. Your best friend? Maybe. It might be funny. Life endangering is funny. And though, and as a, um, as a, as a, a party gift, Clark gives him the, uh, the... The loincloth that he made. And Jimmy says, no, no, I'm not, no, no, get that away from me. I would not forgive Clark Kent. I don't care if he's the freaking president and is giving me a million dollars. You put me in front of a herd of water buffalo that were stampeding towards me and made me eat mystery meat. Okay, so everybody knows, if you're planning on making El Plumber <laughs> stop into a wild girl in no. the forest, I will punch and you in the face several times. Yeah, she won't appreciate it. And she won't forgive you. Ever. So that is the last story. So it brings us to the last little <laughs> bits of, uh, of, of, of ads at the end. Stamps. Stamps. Because kids love stamps. Yep. I guess. I don't know. It says, identify even the strangest stamps at a, gla- <laughs> at a glance. Sure. The philatelic world map guide. That sounds dirty, but it's not. A philatelist is a stamp collector. And you get also free 30 much-wanted foreign stamps. Cool. And then, of course... More cards. Sell some cards, damn it. <laughs> Sell 50 boxes and get $40, which I think is actually pretty, like... Selling only 50 boxes? That's or... not that bad. Right, I, I'm not. You know, it's... And you know it'd be great. Well, it's better than getting, like, $2.50 for 25 boxes. You know what would be great is if these, um... If, a, if the Cheerful Card Company got together with that place that where you sell the uh, Christian mottos the, the mottos and patriotic phrases and they made greeting cards of patriotic phrases tiny dog now, okay this is a new a new ad that I've never seen before but I want one but now but now my daughter wants to go back in time and after she has punched the 1950s <laughs> in the face she wants to send away for this thing and it says friends here's to get at almost no cost. Your new, real, live, miniature dog! I want a miniature dog. It's so cute. From Mrs. Ruth, Mrs. Ruth Lang. Or is it Mrs. Ruth Long? No, Mrs. Ruth Long. It's so tiny. It's like a mini chihuahua. And they give you... I love chihuahuas. ...of Dean Studios. They're so tiny. And they're like, hey, we'll give you this dog. If... Give you this dog, what you do, it's like a... And basically, it's a teacup chihuahua. I want one. And... It's so cute. And he's in the little hand, and he's looking up, and he says, please give me a home. I want one. What they want you to do is they want you to get this dog, and then they want you to take a picture of the dog and send it to them. And um, then... Uh, th- then you'll get the- you'll get a free dog. Sure. Um, I forget what exactly they're selling. They're not all that clear. I don't know how they're gonna get the dog to you. I don't think they're gonna put him in a box. I hope not. I you know I don't I'm not sure. I have no idea how Mrs. Ruth Long and it, is it like if you go over to Mrs. Ruth Long's house is it just like a sea of teacup chihuahuas? That sounds adorable. Might be. So um, let's see. And now then then the last one is. Sell stuff and we'll give you this this gun or this guitar or this, or this dolly set, or a pocket watch or these binoculars 
Boys, girls, ladies, men, we don't care who sells it. Archery target. Just sell the damn stuff. Radio. All right. Is that a record player? I think it is. All right. So uh, that that does cover everything. Issue 10 of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Okay. Um, so uh, follow us on social media. Sure. Uh, it is Other Pals Pod on Twitter. Okay. Other Pals Pod on Instagram, where we'll be posting certain frames of, uh, of this issue. Okay. Um, I believe there'll be a Facebook page. Look for Superman's Other Pals on the Facebook. Um, also, if you like what you hear, if you would be so kind, as many other podcasters have said before me, a five-star rating and a review would be nice, and also telling your friends. Yay! So, uh, until next time, uh, this is Gary Rowland. This is El Palm Rowland. And we're saying uh, <laughs> Superman Away! Away! Bye! Bye!